Hello, I'm Rachel Hopkin and this is KGOU's How Curious. My name is Cheryl Homan and I am a dance school teacher at Mary Golda Ross Middle School. Cheryl's a KGOU listener and she'd heard me on air inviting suggestions for How Curious topics. I wonder if you knew about the chicken dance, that there is a little bit of tie of the chicken dance starting in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Oktoberfest. I didn't know about this. Actually, I wasn't even sure what the chicken dance was. Cheryl enlightened me. You take your hands and you make them look like beaks and you flap your arms like wings and then you shake your tail feathers and then you do a little clap. It goes da 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 dum da 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 dum bum 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 Ah, I did know what it was, but in my native UK it's usually called the birdie song. However, as Cheryl explained to me, the chicken dance is its preferred name this side of the pond. And for that, she said, and she'd only just learned about this herself from one of her fifth graders' class papers, we have the Tulsa Oktoberfest to thank. But before we get to exactly how that came about, first a bit of background. The tune was created in 1957 by a Swiss accordionist called Werner Thomas, who used to serenade tourists in the ski resort town of Davos. He called it their Ententanz, or the duck dance, and he came up with its famous moves a few years later. In the early 70s, a record producer holidaying in the Alps heard the piece. He got a band named Cash and Carry to record a synthesized arrangement of the tune. They released it under the name of Chip Chip, and Thomas's creation became a hit for the first time. Since then, the tune's been recorded in multiple versions in multiple countries, sometimes with lyrics and sometimes without. In the process, it's gone by many names. I got a few of them listed here. William Musipus is the drummer with the Musipus Polka Band, which plays every other week at the Czech Hall in Yukon. So the bird song, the chicken song, the bird dance, check out the chicken, and many more non-English titles. We know it as Dance Little Bird. Whenever it was introduced to our band, that's how we knew it. That was actually before William was born, but his father, David, has been the band's tuba player since 1975. He was probably in the late 70s. My cousin Bessie Masapust brought it to the band. Now, how it got to her, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> she could have heard it in any number of places because it was becoming all the rage at that time. So maybe on a recording or on the radio, but perhaps more likely that some kind of a gig because while there are many countries where its popularity was due to the release of a single achieving chart success, all of the people that I spoke with for this programme first became aware of it through live performances by polka bands, or at least by bands playing at events where polka was the musical mainstay. This was the case for Rick March. He's the former Wisconsin State folklorist and author of Polka Heartland. I was living at the time in Milwaukee on the south side, which is the heavily Polish ethnic neighborhood. Again, this was in the late 1970s. And there was an event called the Mitchell Street Fair, and they had Louis Bichel. Bichel was a very prominent Slovenian band leader in the city. One of his lead men said, here's a new thing that we've picked up at the Oktoberfest in Munich. Watch me do this. And it's always performed in an accelerating tempo. You start off, da 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 By the time it's been repeated three or four times, you're going, da 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 would you have had any idea the success it was going to go on to have? No, not really. <laughs> it was fun, but it did seem a little ridiculous. Ridiculous fun was probably much needed at the 1981 Tulsa Oktoberfest. 
If nothing else today, Tulsa showed its determination. That was the third year that the city had put on the festival, and it almost didn't happen due to days of bad weather in the run-up to it. Bulldozers mixed mud with sand and cleared pathways for the crowds that began showing up in spite of it all just before noon. Tulsa's Channel 2 reported from the soggy festival throughout, and they actually played a crucial role in this story. Carol Wright is leader of the Tulsa German-American Society folk dance group. She was there in 1981 amid the rain and the mud to witness the historic moment. One of our bands introduced the dance. At that time, it was called the Duck Dance, and they wanted to dance in costume of a duck, and we couldn't find a duck costume. But one of our local TV stations had a chicken costume. This was the aforementioned Channel 2. So they donned the chicken costume and performed it, and everybody liked it. And from then on, it's been called the Chicken Dance. And we really promoted it. Yes, the Tulsa Oktoberfest definitely embraced the chicken theme. Well, this is my chicken collection. <laughs> Tonya Carrig is executive director of River Parks Authority, which produces the Tulsa Oktoberfest. When I met her in her office, along with Carol Wright, she brought out a wide array of chicken paraphernalia, mostly in the form of hats. Yeah, that one's a little worn out. When you put one on, it looks like a chicken is nesting on your head and its legs are dangling down by your ears. So when I got to attend the Oktoberfest in Germany several years ago, I took 10 or so of our chicken hats and they had never seen those. Mm -hmm. So we're out there wearing our chicken hats and they're like, mm. <laughs> There's no shortage of dance fads in popular culture. They tend to travel fast, burn brightly, but then fade from view. Open Gangnam Style. But the chicken dance has proven surprisingly enduring. I asked Rick March if he had any thoughts as to why. I think because it became ingrained in these traditional communities that hold polka dances. In other words, the chicken dance avoided the relatively quick turnover typical of contemporary popular culture fads and moved into the more enduring folk culture of certain communities in the U.S. That said, the polka itself had once been something of a fad. Polka actually was a craze of the 1840s in Europe. It followed the waltz. Up to this point, couples dancing so-called together actually maintained a safe distance from one another. But the waltz required them to put their arms around each other. Outrageous. And then when the shock value of the waltz wore off, instead of gracefully gliding along the floor, they needed to be frenetically hopping. And even though the polka diminished in popularity in several of the European countries, it continued as the heritage music of the people who remembered it as what they were doing when they left and settled in the United States. So, for example, here in Oklahoma, that includes German-Americans and Czech-Americans. The longevity of the chicken dance within these communities has been aided by another aspect of the culture of polka dancing. At polka dances, there have been traditionally some novelty dances that are just kind of fun. For example, the circle two-step, where the men and the women get in separate circles and go in opposite directions. Then at a certain point, somebody says, grab a partner and you grab the closest person. So it's a little bit like musical chairs. They call them mixers. 
the chicken dance fits into that tradition. We have about eight or nine what we consider fun songs. These are songs that kids would enjoy or that you would play in a large group setting. We're back with the Mussapus Polka Band. The chicken dance stands out by far above the rest as far as popularity and request. What it does is it's like an icebreaker song. When you've got someone sitting on the side who, you know, they don't really want to dance, you can usually grab them by the hand, yank them up on the dance floor, and you'll find that most people are broken down and they're having fun. Like, for instance, my dad, when the song was first introduced to the band, he said, I am never dancing to that song. He thought it was ridiculous. And what happened? I danced to it. (laughs) (laughs) What changed your mind? It was just fun. And uh, it's just something that everybody can do. You don't have to have a partner. But I will interject something about his playing the song. He's got At this point in our conversation, William had moved back from my microphone to make way for his father, David. But he's telling me about how his father sometimes comes off the stage during the chicken dance and plays his tuba over the heads of dancing children. That's so sweet. It doesn't have dribble coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty dry note. <laughs> I have had... Big guys about 20-something come up to me and go, you remember when you put that tuba over my head? Yeah. <laughs> I've only done about 20,000. I actually got to see David doing this at the band's regular fortnightly Czech Hall gig. All the kids had got up for the chicken dance, and the ones whose heads David played over were simply tickled pink. Back in Tulsa, I mentioned to Carol Wright that while there are many dances that one might shy away from fear of looking unintentionally stupid, the chicken dance isn't one of them. Everybody looks stupid. (laughs) (laughs) There's no perfection to it. So whilst it might seem a bit daft, if it gets people moving and having a good time together, that's not nothing. The chicken is now one of the official mascots of the Tulsa Oktoberfest. A new costume had just been made for it, and Tonya Carrig got it from her car to show us. The chicken mascot head was very large and seemed pretty heavy. I'd say I wouldn't be thrilled about wearing that for any length of time. But doesn't she look friendly? <laughs> she does look very She's, friendly. She yes. just lovely. She does smile. have a smile, yeah. Mm-hmm. The way As my visit to Tulsa was drawing to a close, Tonya began receiving some very relevant text messages. We have a longtime and original festival volunteer, Jerry Murator, who has weighed in. So he is saying that the original costume actually was a turkey. And it was something that Channel 2 had left over from an old Safeway commercial. And as they started stripping its turkey parts, he says, We decided that was probably the waddle and maybe a fan tail. That more resembled a chicken than a duck or a turkey, and that's what we went with. (laughs) My goodness, we were so close to calling it the turkey dance. Now, if you want to join in the chicken bonanza that is the Tulsa Oktoberfest, it takes place during the third weekend of October each year, and there's a link to it on our website. Search for KGOU and How Curious. And I'd like to thank all of the contributors to this episode, plus Jenna Black and Jim Leary. How Curious is a KGOU public radio production. I'm Rachel Hopkin. The editor is Logan Layden, and David Gray composed our theme music. And if you have an Oklahoma-related idea for How Curious, please send it to me at curious at kgou.org. This is my voice. 
it can tell you a lot about me. And I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on the Black experience. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.